welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we hear from OSU head coach Ryan Day from his Thursday press conference, previewing this Saturday's game against Rutgers. And then we will hear from one of the most interesting guys on the Ohio State team, left guard Harry Miller. You have probably heard about this Wednesday interview from around the Ohio State beat if you've been paying attention. So sit back and enjoy this one. Harry is quite the interesting dude. But before we get into the audio, though, you will notice that some of the voices that you will hear sound a bit muffled. That is because they are wearing masks in an effort to stop the spread or contract the coronavirus. Also, if you're finding this episode on our website, LandGrantHolyLand.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. We are giving you a different podcast episode every single day of the Ohio State season, Monday through Sunday, with voices and focuses that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe, for better or for worse. So, now that we've got all of that out of the way, here's Ohio State head coach, Ryan Day. Has that shaped uh, have you maybe been able to learn a few lessons from that, how you might develop those rosters home and away, obviously this week being a home game? Um, how did that experience basically shape your planning moving forward? Uh, not much because, we, you know, we kind of um, planned on something like this happening. Um, not that we wanted it to, but that's why, um, you know, I mentioned last week going into it that we had to make sure we had enough people at each spot. So a pair and a spare was the, was the best way to put it. We're allowed 74 on the road. We got a little bit more flexibility at home in terms of who can dress. So that, that allows us, um, you know, a little bit more. But I also know the Big Ten's looking into this and, and trying to figure out a way uh, for, for guys to test out of it before the game. Um, and so hopefully by the end of the week here, there's a good solution. All righty, we'll go next to Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Bill. Hey, Ryan, I was, uh, can you give an assessment of how Master T and also Trey Sermon have played the first weeks, two weeks? Master was happier with his performance uh, against uh, Penn State than he was against Nebraska. Um, what do you want to see from him? Maybe more elusiveness? I don't think Masters, um, you know, that kind of back. I think the way that he ran on, on, on Saturday night is, is really his style. Downhill, uh, powerful, keep us on schedule. Uh, you don't see a lot of negative plays. And that, that allows you to control the football game. And I thought that, uh, you know, he did a good job of that. Uh, turning four-yard runs into five-yard runs and six-yard runs, and that really that's really good for us. And so, uh, I don't think that has an effect on on the defense. He's a big back downhill. Um, yeah, I, I think you start getting you start worrying about you know making guys miss and everything like that. I, I don't know if that's his strength. I think his strength is getting downhill, playing fast, and, and being physical. Um, and I thought Trey Trey ran better as well. So yeah, I think it was it was an improvement. And we're always looking to get better. That's the, the mantra for everybody this week. You know, find a way to get better. That's right. Next up, Dave Biddle, 24-7 Sports. Dave. Thank you. Hi, Ryan. Uh, I want to ask you about the balance a coach has to walk in terms of getting your best players, a lot of snaps during games. You know, guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, Tommy Togi, I seem to be playing a lot of snaps this year. It's easy to see why. But just walking that balance of getting those guys a lot of snaps but still keeping your guys fresh. So I imagine it's tempting to want to play your guys a lot of snaps. Is that a – difficult balance to walk I mean I think it's different this year because we didn't have the lead up to the to the to the season so these guys really still haven't played a lot of football so they got to play 
But I also think we've built depth, you know, more than ever. And so we're going to play depth. You know, we'll allow guys to play fresh. And um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think guys have to play, but we're also going to play depth. We're going to allow guys to, to um, you know, roll in there. And, and I think that, that helps us. I think it makes us stronger in the end. Um, but, but guys need to play. Um, this is only week three for us. Thank you. All right, we'll go next to Austin Ward from Letter Monroe. Austin. Ryan, along those lines, I know that the first step is that a guy has to prove these game ready. And then maybe if he's a little bit further down the depth chart, you know, a freshman or something, the game needs to go the way you ideally want it. But how much conversation is there during the week? Like, we would like to see this guy or this young freshman, what they can do now. Like, how much does that enter a, a coaching staff's thoughts going up to Saturday? It, it, not really a lot. Um, but, you know, anytime you go into a game, you're just trying to win the game. And that's the focus. And then, you know, like you said, you try to get an idea in, in, you know, in terms of a depth chart, you'll go through and say, okay, is this guy game ready? If he is, uh, and the moment is right for whatever reason, injury or something happens, uh, you feel good about putting him in the game. And, uh, and then there's certain guys you would like to see get in the game. You'd like to see him get some touches on the perimeter. You'd like to see him get some snaps in the secondary. Um, and there's times where the game dictates that, and there's other times where the game doesn't. Um, but you, but you kind of have an idea of when and who those guys are going into the game. You just try to adapt uh, as, it, as it goes on. Because, um, you know, these games can go a million different directions. Um, so you just try to adapt. But, but like you said, we try to identify who those guys are that, that should have an opportunity to play, and you go from there. Next up, Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Dan. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Harry Miller was talking a lot yesterday about some of the things he likes to do off the field, and obviously he's having success on the field. How much does it impress you as a coach when you have a guy who's performing the way he is on the field while also being so well-versed? Yeah, he's a guy who's um, even from, you know, when we recruited him in high school, he had a lot of different interests and passions, and, uh, you know, he can kind of handle that. He can multitask. Some guys – um, you know, they really need to stay focused on academics and football, but, but Harry's a guy who has a lot of different interests. And, um, and so it's been great. You know, it's something that we certainly, uh, you know, support. Um, he has his, his mission trips that he does down in Nicaragua in the off season. Um, you know, he's kind of a man of many uh, talents and interests. And, and so um, I'm just happy that he's been able to, you know, find a rhythm, especially in, in last week's game. I thought he played strong, played well. Uh, and so that really build up his confidence. And, uh, and hopefully now he can really take off and have a great season. Thanks, Ryan. All right, we'll go next to Nathan Barrett, cleveland.com. Nathan. Hey, Ryan. Uh, how did your experience in the NFL, if, if at all, affect the way that you want to use a tight end in the offense? And where is Jeremy Ruckert um, compared to, I guess, what kind of your ideal is for, for that position? I think Luke and um, Jeremy both played well in that game. I think they, uh, they blocked well. They, were, they weren't perfect, but they, they came off and they had a physicality to them. They also made some plays in the pass game. We asked them to do a lot. We asked them to, to block in the interior. We asked them to block in the perimeter. We asked them to pass block. We asked them to run routes. So they have to be the most versatile guys, but that allows you to do more things on offense. I thought the, the blocking on the first play was excellent on the perimeter, and they had a big part of that, creating big plays. And so anytime you can be versatile with – uh, the things you can attack by having versatility like tight ends uh, do, it, it's huge. And, uh, I mean, you see that at all levels. You see that in the NFL. You see that in college. And, um, and again, the number one job of a college football coach is to figure out how to figure out where his personnel is at, you know, and, and kind of change it year in and year out. 
And right now we think that this is something that gives us an opportunity to, to attack defenses. And as long as these guys keep playing at a high level, we'll continue to, to try to come up with plays that we think make sense. All right, next up, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Joey. Ryan, Ryan, the timing between uh, Chris Olave and Justin Fields, uh, a pair that maybe is like in midseason form, not, not somebody who's played just one or two games. Why do you think their chemistry has been, I guess, so good so early in the season? And what did you see from them this offseason to build that? Well, I saw two guys who were very hungry. Um, I know that the, the way that last season ended uh, really bothered the two of them, um, especially that last play. So they were hungry, uh, both of them. And they spent a lot of time in the offseason uh, throwing and, like you say, getting their rhythm down, their timing down. And, uh, so they're off to a good start, but they got to keep going on it, keep building on it. Still a lot of things to improve, a lot of stuff to clean up uh, in a lot of areas. But, but they're both hungry. They both, um, you know, have their eyes on the prize here and uh, got to keep bringing it every week. Uh, but but they, are, they, are, they are off to a good start. I mean, they, they made some big, big-time throws and catches in that game. That was, was, a, was a difference. Right, we'll go next to Tim May from Letterman Row. Tim. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, Ryan, uh, Brendan White was the uh, defensive MVP of the Rose Bowl uh, January 1, 2019. Obviously, he opted to leave. What are you seeing from him on uh, video the first two games? It looks like he's turned into a playmaker for them. And, and what do you remember about his exit? Uh, was, it on, was it on good terms? Yeah, it was. Um, it was just one of those things where – he felt like he needed a fresh start and uh, happy for him there. And, um, you know, Greg's done a good job of putting him in, you know, good spots. Uh, he's playing that free safety position. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, um, you know, what they're asking him to do is, is, you know, fits his skill set really, really well. And, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to have a good career there. Um, you know, we always, you know, really love uh, Brennan and, and wish him nothing but the best um, and, and think he's you know got a lot of talent. Thanks, man. Yep. We'll go, we'll go next to Brendan Gula. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated. Brendan. Hey, Coach, toward the end of your uh, conversation with Paul and Jim this afternoon, you, you talked about um, posture and you know, some of the things that you're working on with Justin Fields when he stands in the pocket, having his head still, having good balance, things like that. I think back to the, uh, the quick throw over the middle on the touchdown to Ruckert. Uh, and then also to the play where he was under a, a ton of pressure, but uh, on your last scoring drive through the 25-yard completion to Garrett Wilson. Th those two plays in particular stand out to me as plays where Justin was really poised. Um, are you seeing consistent examples this year where he's taken big strides from where he was last year with some of those little things you worked on with him? I think so. Yeah, I think that the, yeah, that, that one you're talking about, throw to Garrett, was excellent because it was somebody breathing right down his neck. Um, you know, the, the hot throw to, to, to Jeremy was good. There was a couple other ones where he stood right in there and, um, you know, wasn't hopping around. He stayed strong in the pocket. And that really helps with accuracy. And so it's something that we spend a lot of time talking about. And um, it's not perfect, but he's certainly getting better. And it, it allows him to be more accurate. All right, next up, Tony Gerdeman, Buckeye Scoop. Tony. Ryan, what was the Big Ten's justification for not allowing a player to play because of a false positive, but allowing him to be on the sideline? Yeah, so he took the antigen test and then uh, followed that up by a PCR. Um, PCR then confirmed that he was negative, uh, and it was a false positive in the morning test. Uh, one was an antigen, the other one was a PCR. Um, but the way that I, it was explained to me was that um, not every school has the opportunity 
and location as the opportunity to get that PCR in that short of a time. And so they want to make sure that it was equal across the board. And I know it's something that they're looking at now to try to figure out if, in fact, they can get everybody that PCR to confirm whether it's a, a positive or a negative, which would allow them to play. Um, and it's something that everybody had to agree upon in order to get the season started. So um, obviously not ideal or perfect, but I know they're working on it to try to make it better. So he couldn't play because other schools same capability, basically? I mean, it was an agreement on the front end that everybody had to agree to, yeah. So, Thank you. All right, we'll go next to uh, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. Stephen. Hey, Ryan. As a guy who's been coaching quarterbacks for a while, are there pros and cons to a quarterback maybe having a favorite target? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the pros are that he's comfortable, the timing, and, and uh, he feels confident. I guess a negative would be if, if he's going there too often. But uh, we don't really pick out you know, who, we throw in the ball, who we're throwing the ball to unless it's a, a flat-out – man-to-man uh, -man coverage. We're trying to find the best matchup. Typically for us, we're going, um, it's man zone, it's one high, two high, it's progression, it's an object receiver. Uh, we have different types of reads, but uh, we usually don't pick out, pick out a guy. That's usually not, not how we read it out. Um, now we'll typically put guys in the right situation to expect the ball based on what we're getting for coverage. Um, so that, that doesn't usually happen in our offense, but we try to put the guys in the best position to be successful, if that makes sense. And then just kind right, of last question for today, we'll go to Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman Row. Jeremy. Hey, Ryan. Uh, about a month ago, you said that the NCAA process for the uh, eligibility and all that stuff was, was still trying to be figured out by you and Mark Pantoni and those guys, and that it was very confusing. A month later, with 50 days or so till signing day, have you gained any sort of clarity? And if so, how is that affecting what you guys do in this final push to, to signing day? eligibility for the guys right now like currently on the team you're asking well is that and how it relates to you know the potential numbers with the class yeah we, as we project it out we actually don't think that we'll be over 85 next fall with guys moving on to the nfl with different guys graduating um so i, I think we're going to be in a good place um i think we got a good handle on it and um you know there's a little bit of like you said some unknown there based on you know some guys may try to come back some guys may not so that, that's a little bit unperfect, but I, I think that for the most part, we have a good handle on it. I don't think we'll be much over 85 going into the fall. Could be wrong, but that's, that's what we're planning and, and forecasting out. Thanks. All right, Coach Dave, thank you. Appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you after the game. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Next at the virtual podium is offensive lineman Harry Miller. Um, just kind of you know, evaluate yourself through these first two games as a starter and just how much did, you know, the amount of reps you were able to get last year because of the amount of blowouts maybe kind of speed yeah. up your divinity. Yeah, those were um, the reps last year, I think, essential to um, being able to contribute this year. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really, what was really fun was just being able to also progress between week one and week two and, of course, having the company of, um, Josh, Wyatt, Thayer, and Nick are uh, is, is fantastic company to keep, um, and they help me progress. And of course, um, our unit is filled with great guys that that encourage progress. But definitely, like the reps I got last year were so helpful in just kind of um, getting used to tempo. Of course, it was late in the game when we had leads, but it was very essential to be able to kind of understand how a game functions 
um, at Ohio State versus in high school. And just a quick follow-up. Um, are you still taking second-team reps at center at all? Yeah, so I, I – um, in regards to practice, I usually practice at just left guard. Okay. Um, but I always – we have a great – like, again, our underclassmen this year as well are fantastic. And um, – but I get – I snap often just so I'm always ready and reserved if anything happens. Um, but, of course, between center and guard, it's a, it's a quick switch. Of course, you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve between, but it's always uh, capable to do both. Thanks. All righty. Next up, we'll go to Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Joey. Harry, how did you, uh, when you were making the switch to guard, who, who did you kind of lean on for advice and who helped you kind of the most the transition? Yeah, I would say um, while at Ohio State, Wyatt Davis, um, Wyatt was an immense help and sort of a, a guy to lean on during the offseason um, in regards to technical, technical questions and um, sort of understanding the game from that position, but also watching Jonah Jackson for a full year. Um, I, there's possibly no better person to watch um, than Jonah as well because he was so incredible, great leader, great dude. Um, he's doing fantastic at Detroit now. So there's really – there was no two better guys to learn from than um, Jonah and Wyatt. And so I was really grateful and thankful for that. All right, next, <clears throat> next we'll go to Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Austin. Harry, you said you got better from week one to week two. We know you graded a champion this week. Where did you see um, that improvement? I think um, it's funny because I was talking with Coach Wilson after the game, um, and he was asking how I thought I played. And I said, you know, really um, playing against Penn State, it was kind of like the first time I felt like I was, I was playing football rather than like doing assignments or thinking too much. It felt like I was playing football, and um, that lets you loosen up and make plays. And, of course, for me – Sometimes um, it's easy to get in your head and it's easy to, to lose yourself in situations, scenarios, predictions, estimations, and instead of just playing football. And when it comes down to it, football just comes down to um, hit a guy, try not to get hit too hard yourself and, and keep your composure and um, don't complicate it too much, just play ball. And so I think that was kind of it. And again, learning behind um, the line we had last year and with the guys we have this year, um, they kind of gave me the foundation to be able to just um, play football and not, and not overcomplicate it. All right. Next up um, is Patrick Murphy, 247 Sports. Patrick. Hey, Harry. Are you familiar with the guard center, center guard transitions of Ohio State in the past? Billy Price, Pat Elfline, those guys. Yeah, those got, like, yeah, so, like, in coming here, it was especially advertised to me, um, center. But, of course, understanding um, how Billy operated, how Josh operated, how, you know, Pat, Michael Jordan, all those guys were sort of operating um, throughout the interior. And so that was something that um, I was well prepared for and I, and I understood. Um, and, of course, it's just an opportunity to be able to, to play football with good dudes um, regardless of position. So, um, yeah, but I was definitely aware of, of the guys before me and their sort of route. All righty, we'll go next to Andy Anders from Press Pros. Andy. Uh, yes, uh, you've talked a little bit already about how you improved week one, week two, but looking at the line as a whole, it seemed like you guys were able to get a little more movement off the ball in the running game against Penn State. Can you talk about how you guys as a unit have gelled from week one to week two, knocking that rust off? Absolutely. Well, I think that's, you know, that's what it comes down to is, um, is, is reps. And, and Coach Day talked about how 
you know, you don't really know what sort of team you have until you have that first game. And, of course, for us, um, it was a first game against a great opponent where we were directly into conference. And so um, I know for me especially, and I, and I don't want to speak for the other guys, but for me especially, um, especially um, significantly playing this time rather than just coming in the fourth quarter, um, I had to really get my sort of sea legs. Um, and so I think that was just sort of like the natural progression and uh, just building confidence, building um, sort of you're your getting your feet in the ground and, and being able to work with that. I just think that naturally happened between week one and week two. We'll go next to Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Dan. Hey, Harry. I wanted to ask you, you seemed like you had a lot of fun uh, this offseason with uh, playing music and, and doing stuff on social media. Just kind of what inspired you to do all of that? Um, I don't know. I know um, for me, like I took – a big resolution to read more during quarantine. And so like yesterday we had a day off and I don't want to talk about perhaps non-football stuff in a football environment, but um, I really wanted to expand in the soft season. I wanted to expand my understanding of things outside of football because I'm passionate. I want to, I have various dreams of, you know, owning a bookstore, sailing across the Atlantic ocean, uh, doing stuff and, and traveling. Um, and so that was kind of uh and luckily, social media, um, though it can be the sort of uh, a bane towards um, sincerity and a bane towards authenticity, um, I wanted to use it as um, a very natural sort of um, uh, natural sort of platform and a natural sort of like a town square of just uh, you know you can't really I can't really go out and busk on a street corner and play music for you know pennies and dimes, but I can kind of go on Twitter and. Um, screw around and some people like it. So um, it was, it was really fun. It was, I was really happy to do it and I was glad that people um, liked it too. Have you been trying to uh, encourage the other guys to read more with you? Absolutely. I've been hoping I, I, I want to start um, a sort of, of a sort of book club and, and hopefully that can become a sort of thing and uh, share ideas with people. I just read, I read the bag of Gita yesterday, which is uh, a central text in uh, Eastern philosophy and Hinduism. And I was looking for, I was like, there's nobody to talk to that I know around here. Um, and so I was kind of asking people I've met through engineering, you know, what their thoughts were, but um, I've been, I've always been looking for people to talk with ideas with. Thanks, Harry. All righty. We'll go next to Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Bill. Yeah, Harry. Harry. First of all, I'm jealous of you as a guitarist because you're much better. Um, secondly, where does this kind of renaissance man kind of stuff come from? Is that, does that come from your parents or your, uh, you know, what, what is it about your upbringing or, or you that's caused that? I don't know. I know um, my mother did a great job of raising me. Dad did a great job of um, getting me into music. And then I had such fantastic teachers to get me into literature. And so that kind of molds all these things, but you spend, you know, I spent my childhood reading about um, great thinkers and great men. And it sort of, I think, um, becomes exponential when you, you read about um, musketeers and you read about great men, a 19 year old who, who fought uh, in, in, in France and he fought in England. And then you read about um, Jim Hawkins going to Treasure Island and you read about um, Ishmael and Captain Ahab. Uh, looking for Moby Dick and you read things about great men who are well versed in the world and know many things and you become sort of jealous. Um, I've, I've done a little bit of traveling, but of course I haven't, um, you know, sailed and gone whale hunting and I haven't 
um, than a musketeer in France, but you read great men and, and books make you hold the company of great men and great thinkers, and you have very intimate conversations with the greatest thinkers of, of human history, and it sort of warrants you to check yourself and to improve yourself, and it kind of just makes you very hungry and very anxious to learn more things because, um, you know, you read the feats and you read the words of great thinkers and you think, what have I done? And it makes you want to be able to share such company as that. And so I think it's very natural that as you, as you look for more, you realize you need to find more and um, it sort of never stops. So that's sort of the boat I find myself in. All right, we'll go next to Nathan Barrett from Cleveland.com. Nathan. Hey, Harry, I, I really don't know how to follow some of that. Um, but I wanted to ask about uh, Nicholas Petit Frere. We were talking to Kevin Wilson yesterday, and he was talking about how there's kind of a, a different sort of glimmer in his eye this year from a competitive standpoint. Um, what have you noticed just about what he's bringing to the field this season? Absolutely. I, I love Nick. And, of course, it's always very hard. Um, Nick and I were both second-team guys, and it's hard to have – it's hard to sort of establish a swagger and a confidence – understanding that, you know, you have a role as a second team guy to support the guys in front of you. And so you're not, you're not the guy, you're a guy supporting the guys. And so I think Nick stepped into the new role fabulously and um, he's fantastic. And I, and I love him and he does such a great job. And um, I think he's so, he's not, you know, loud and he's not uh, crass. He's, he's very calm and he's, and he's very, um, He's just great company to have and a great man to have on the line. But I totally see the, the confidence that he has, and it's, um, it's very uh, like charming and reassuring to see that in him. All right, we'll go next to uh, Tim May from Letterman Row. Tim. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, I don't know where to start here or end, but uh, I was just wondering, uh, uh, Harry, uh, have you found people or some people or maybe one person on the team, maybe who's not as learned or as well-read as you are, but you consider to be a deep thinker, you know, in that regard? I mean, have you run into, into anybody like that that uh, can share sort of your thoughts? I think strongly. Um, Tommy Eichenberg went with me to Nicaragua this year, um, and we shared some. And, of course, you were in Nicaragua when um, Ohio, the, season was, the spring season was getting canceled, Ohio State was getting – moved to online, airports were possibly closing. And so we were down there and we shared some very intimate moments. Um, but to see him and Tommy as well as an incredibly quiet dude, um, and many people think that he doesn't have a lot to say, but I think he's incredibly um, profound. And I think that he's, um, I always think of a little phrase where um, a wise man said nothing at all. And um, you know, a fool is remembered for what he says, a wise man for what he does not say. And I think Tommy is full of no words that mean very much. And I think that um, his character and he, he is, I just think he's a profound character um, and one of my greatest friends that I can always lean on. And do you feel like you're well situated to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness uh, thing if it ever comes about with NCAA possibly next year? I hope so. I'm ho I hope I can get sponsored by Half Price Books or something or some sort of uh, <laughs> something like that. That'd be nice. Yeah. Thanks, man. Alrighty. And the last uh, questioner for Harry will be um, Tony Gerdeman from Buckeye Scoop. Tony. Harry, you talked. It sounds like the the second game things have slowed down for you. Were you surprised at maybe how fast things were in that first game? 
Yeah, absolutely. I felt my, I was like, it, it's, and again, it's so different because it's even just on game day itself. Um, last year, it's like you do the warm up and then you go on the sideline and you, the game unfolds before you and, um, you know, the, the starters loosen up the defense and, the, and you, you know, you work, they work through all the, all the tough stuff and then you can come in later and sort of relieve everybody. But it's, it's very different to go in when it's the first game of a season that potentially wasn't going to happen, lots of energy. Um, and, and this is your first sort of rodeo. Um, and so it was very different. But um, luckily, again, surrounded by great, great guys, you sort of um, feel yourself naturally having to keep up the pace. Um, and again, naturally, I think just with more reps, you build more confidence. And um, but definitely, it was it was a new it was my first experience really uh, starting um, a collegiate game, and so it was something that I had to learn and learn quickly, naturally, in such an environment. Um, but definitely, it was it was very it was a very new experience, but very grateful to have it. Thank you, well, Harry. I think I speak for everyone when we say we could talk to you all day, but we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.